He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going to be silent. Cinderella story. Out of nowhere. Before a bridge keeper now. About to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 54 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm James Richardson and I'm again joined this week by Barry O'Hanrahan. Hey Barry. Hey James. Uh, as always, thanks a million for all your feedback over the last week. Um, if there's anything you'd like us to discuss or any comments you want to make about the show, you can email us at a good talk spoiled at gmail.com or uh, I'm going to get this right this week. Twitter handle is at podcast GTS. Nailed it. Thanks. Um, if there's anything, as I say, that you'd like us to discuss or any comments or feedback, get us in, get in touch with us. Um, our own games has a little bit of a story behind it this week, Barry. And uh, how did you get on? Uh, I was lonely. <laughs> uh, yeah, James, James slept it out. We woke up too early, then went back to sleep and slept it out. And uh, we tried to push our tea time back, but the the course was jammed, so couldn't happen. So yeah, we had to sit um, out Saturday. I was so tired from work over the week that I went to bed early on Friday night, had all the gear sitting at the front door, ready to go, and uh, woke up at 5am, couldn't get back to sleep, ended up reading the paper in bed on the iPad, and then felt, did fall back to sleep, and then woke up at 5 to 9 when our tea off was 5 past 9, and I don't live that close to the golf no. course. <laughs> well, I mean, next time maybe you'll just get up and get down to the golf course and just work at your pudding for a couple of hours. Yeah, yeah, could do that uh, in mm-hmm. the darkness, I suppose. Yeah, uh, it was it was an, it was a really scorable day on Saturday. Um, there were just ridiculous scores across the board in the tournament. I I ended up having twenty four points for twelve holes. It was, it was one of those days where I just couldn't put a score together. So. Um, well, I, I was fine. Went out the next day um, with that confidence I was playing okay. And I shot 20, 29 points for the 12 holes. Um, and that's another victory. Another victory for me, yeah. Another voucher. You have to hope now when it comes to qualifying that brain doesn't kick in and change from yeah, win- winter conditions to uh, to summer. Yeah, I hope so. I finished out the round and shot, uh, shot two over par gross. So hopefully I can keep that sort of form going when the tees go back and... You know, things and the golf season really kicks in. And the difference, you're not taking a wedge into a green, you're taking a five or a six or a seven iron in. Well, yeah, we'll wait I, and see. Funny you should say, I don't know, I, I messed up a couple of short wedge approaches there the other day, so maybe it won't, uh, won't hurt too much having a, a more full shot rather than a half shot in. So, look, on to next week, you know, try to go out, win again, have a bit of fun, hopefully stay dry. Yeah, and look, let's let's move on to the news because nobody cares about your games they that really much. Don't. So, um, uh, the, the news this week and where we stopped last week, we start again this week. We were only just off the air and just published the podcast last week when good man Tiger Woods yet again came out and said that he's taking an indefinite break and a leave of absence from golf, saying that his golf game is just simply not good enough for tournament play at this point and has decided to uh, take a step back and practice. Hank Haney has also been at it again. This is a man who doesn't seem to be able to shut his mouth at the moment, and he's saying... This week on BBC Radio 5 Live um, in the UK, he was talking about the fact that, as far as he was concerned, Tiger has absolutely no choice but to ret- withdraw from competitive golf. Whatever the reason, he definitely has not practiced like he did earlier in his career, and it clearly shows. Make no mistake about it, this is not a bump, this is not a hill. 
this is a mountain he has to climb to get anywhere near back to where he was has he lost the desire and energy i don't think there's any doubt who knows when we will see him again well when we may see him again is in a couple of weeks at the honda classic yeah um, so i think hank haney probably that answers your question there but does he have a mountain to climb, Barry? Is it the right thing to take an indefinite break from golf or would it be better doing it out in tournament play rather than on the... I don't know. I think it's different strokes for different folks. Like Some some players need to play through it just to, to find their form and other people need to take a break. You know, every, Everybody's a different... Everybody reacts differently to how their game is going and you know what they need to do to get it right. I'm sure... Tiger, you know, if anybody's going to fix it, it's Tiger. You know, or we're going to figure it out. It's him. Like I think it should be noted that he appointed Chris Como the new swing coach only around November, mid to late November. So it's not mm. that that far. Like he ended the professional relationship with Sean Foley at the end of August. Starts with Como in November, end of November. So it's really only been December, January, February. Yeah, it's kind of two and a half months with the brand new. Like I can, I barely get out of, you know. You can't even get out of bed for well, I can't even yeah. get out of bed for the two months over winter. <laughs> but, uh, but the reality is that I, I think perhaps, are we, and, and I included because I've been, somebody who's been saying this for a while on this podcast, maybe the demise is being a bit overstated. It's only two months in of radical reform mm. of a swing. And maybe you should just go off and come back in another month. It could be the right thing to do. I mean, look, the, the swing actually looked really good in the tournaments he played. It was just the, the inconsistencies were, were far too regular in occurrence. So, um, look, I, I hope he sorts it out. Maybe he needs to go to Stephen Peters, like one of the Liverpool players, like we're Liverpool fans, if anybody doesn't realise. And It's amazing the resurgence of some of the players that have lost confidence or seem to be nowhere in their well, form. He's a sports psychologist. Yeah. Is the is the, the bottom line on that. So maybe he needs a sports psychologist. Maybe, I don't know, who, who knows what Tiger needs. Maybe he needs to do a bit more skiing just to take his mind off golf. Well, I'll tell you what, one, uh, the famous BBC golf commentator, Peter Ellis, who I found out just before coming on air, is 83 years old. If you had asked me that beforehand, I would never have said Peter Ellis was 83. How old? 60-something would you I don't know, but at 83, he can get away with those inappropriate comments oh, about gotcha. women. Um, but uh, Peter Ellis has come out this week and says that... Uh, and this is a direct quote. Tiger might go to India like the Beatles and discover something magical. He, uh, he'd he be a huge miss. He's been a giant in the land of the um, Lilliputlians for years. Don't get that bit with Peter Alice, but then half of what Peter Alice says I don't get normally. Mm. But I think, you know, he's probably right. He probably should just go and try and find that sports psychologist, that guru who can probably give him something Um Probably even somebody like Bob Rotella might be the guy to go and talk to and, you know, get his game back. I think one thing's for sure, Tiger's got doing an awful lot more in the background than anybody's given him credit for in the media and everybody's really quick to jump on it and get a story out there and have their opinion on it, us included, you know. So I mean, I'm just, I'm looking forward to, I'm really hoping that in a few weeks' time, he'll be showing a f you know far more signs of being competitive and back in it and maybe even do something in the masters to to warrant coverage of his shots more than other players like so he like as in he'll be up the leaderboard a bit so it's worthwhile seeing him play yeah he uh, well he begun his break not by practicing but going off to support Lindsay Vaughan and uh, Beaver Creek in Colorado mm. uh, so obviously um Hank Haney's suggestion that he go and practice probably isn't being taken on board but anyway look he'll be back what i am hoping for 
is that this next seven day period we may not be actually talking about Tiger Woods this time next week. It feels like it's uh, getting a bit too regular in occurrence. It's it like really getting greedy is. with the headlines. Um, more headlines and more interesting headlines than Tiger Woods in the world of golf is that the RNA after last summer voting in favour of allowing female members into the RNA club have announced seven members, uh, female members, that are going to be the first inductees, if, if that for want of a better phrase. Uh, Princess Anne is going to be um, the very first formal lady uh, appointed, along with Laura Davis, um, Annika Sorensen, Rennie Powell, Bell uh, Robertson um, and Lally Sagard, oh, and Lu- Louise Suggs. Um, who will all be the first honorary member invites? Um, so look, it's 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 good news. I see Gary Player this week has tweeted saying, "Congratulations to all the ladies on your appointment as honorary members. A good day indeed for golf." And I think um, we can probably share in that. It's, yeah, here, here. Um, By time, it's great. It's another barrier down, and I think it's the right thing. Um, interesting, Princess Royal, Princess Anne, obviously being given the honorary uh, first membership. Um, I think that's probably due to their very strong links with Scotland more than anything uh, to do with her golfing ability. I don't know, does she even play? I don't think she, but maybe not competitively anyway, I think she, maybe she has played. I mean, she was, uh, she, she represented them in equestrian in the Olympics back in the 70s, I think, the Great Britain. So I'm not sure about her golfing prowess, but certainly they, they seem to have done it, gone about it the right way. Bring the Royals in, it is the Royal and Ancient, you know, the... The yeah, monarchy and everything. So look, it's it's great, and hopefully this can lead to the breakdown of those silly um, male only barriers and the rest of the courses over in the UK and anyone's around the world. And it's just, it's time time for that to end. Yeah, it's realistic. It's just one one step at a time. But it, it's good news, and uh, you know we'll we'll keep an eye out to see if there's any other other interesting names of membership that goes forward there. Other big news, and probably the biggest news outside of the Tiger Woods uh, rodeo show that goes on, um, is Ryder Cup news this week. Davis Love III will be the captain of the 2016 Ryder Cup team for America. uh, Davis Love III, who captained the American team at Medina in 2012, which obviously they lost in heartbreaking fashion to Europe, has been announced by the... um, the after multiple meetings of their uh, so so task force. task force so um it's a bit of a surprise going back i think um a lot of people kind of had their money on fred couples to be um to be the captain especially after kind of phil and tiger both backed him fairly publicly but he was fairly universally liked criticism in medina for dropping phil and um keenan uh, keegan johnson Keegan Bradley or Dustin Johnson? Bradley, sorry. <laughs> sorry, there's actually... They got this, together uh, and they've just yeah, crossed together and made a, a new golfer. They, they have. He's also a, uh, he's also the name of a judge that I was in front of this week. So that's, <laughs> that's possibly Def, where my head was at. scarring. <laughs> so anyway, so yes. Him, um, so look, there was a bit of a bit, bit of a hoo-ha about that. But uh, good, good, bad and different. Is it good to go back? What do you think? I don't know, is it better the devil you know than the devil you don't? Well, I'll tell, you, before. I'll tell you what my mother always told me. You should yeah. never leave, You should never lie in the same, same bed twice. And I'm starting to wonder whether or not for the Ryder Cup they should 
it's a one and done kind of scenario. Yeah. You get yeah. one chance and that's it. I, yeah. Sometimes it can be a mistake to go back. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of good candidates out there and there will forever be a revol- well, sorry, yeah, an escalator of candidates coming along the line to to be Ryder Cup captains. Um, look, he did it. He did Barred the miracle of Medina and the ridiculous performance by Europe, he was he would have been a winning captain, and that's a good thing. Um, he seemed quite popular with the players. Maybe that they just want to get that familiarity and good vibe going in the team room, and like, obviously Freddie Couples would have done that because everybody loves Freddie. But it seems Davis Love is a very good second choice if he was second choice. So, yeah, I, I find it difficult insofar as I like Davis Love the third. I have no problem with him. I do think that they're right the way that the European team do it and are now looking at just a one-time captain. Hmm. I think it probably... There's so many big names out there that going back to the same captain over and over again or once every so often, it's not really needed. There's so many big, big names in particularly American golf and European golf that they don't need to go back. And I think it kind of robs the the, the incoming generation of potential captains of their opportunity to be a Ryder Cup captain by going back to somebody who previously was a captain so anyway look we don't to, to us it's not that important really who the US put in charge you know to we'd be more looking forward to tomorrow when we get the announcement of the European captain yeah 10am they're going into their meeting um, which is kind of 5 or 6 7 players uh, 7 ta- member task force mm-hmm. they've got 3 of the previous um the last three captains are a part of it. So Paul McGinley's there, Colin Montgomery's there, and I'm missing one. Don't do it to me. <laughs> um, and the other person. So look, the the thing about it is, um, is it Olathebel? Yes. Olathebel. Yeah. So they, uh, <laughs> they are going to make their decision tomorrow. It's a two-horse race by what everybody is saying. It's going to be either Darren Clark or Miguel Angel Jimenez. I have my own views on this. What are your views first, though, Barry? Um, I think I think Darren will do will be a better captain for going over to the states. I think his personality will mesh a bit better over in the US than Miguel's. I think Miguel Miguel's extra kind of continental European flair will work better in a European environment. I'd I'd like to see Darren do it and kind of ride the crest of the wave of the the Irish led win last time out with McGinley. Yeah, I I want to see. Darren Clark get it but there's a part of me that would love to see Miguel Angel Jimenez I just think that what he's done for European golf mm. and my fear would be that the Ryder Cup after that is going to be in, in France. Paris mm-hmm. and I would be fearful that they would end up thinking that someone like Jean Van de Velde would be the player maybe who might get the captaincy and then all of a sudden but Jimenez <laughs> starts looking slightly further down the pecking order and you start yeah. wondering whether or not he will ever get it. Which Miguel could do at age 84 and still be as cool as ever. And Well, we're going to come on to how cool he is in a minute yeah. uh, after the weekend. But, um, yeah, well, look... We'll, we'll find out tomorrow, you know, who... You know, Paul McGinley obviously has a huge say and gets it as, you know, being the, the ex-officio. Um, it'll be, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see him give us a bit of... Uh, a bit of a talking point for next week well the one thing is that Darren is much better known in the States mm. and I suppose with what happened at the K Club and everything his profile kind of soared over in America so if you need a big personality he's certainly not going to lack I think the one thing I would say is we're not in any way concerned about which of the two 
you know, yeah, which is yeah. a good thing that either either of those two captains will make a great captain, in my opinion. I, I yeah. agree, yeah, and we, I'd be happy with either. So yeah. we'll we'll wait and good. see. Tomorrow, ten, 10 o'clock is the start of the meeting, so we'll probably know before lunch um, what 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 the captain is for the European team. Uh, the only other news of any interest, um, and I suppose it's a bit more local and European based, is the Irish Open has added according to Rory McIlroy, who was speaking yesterday, has just announced that both Sergio Garcia and Ernie Els are going to be the latest big names confirmed for their participation at the Irish Open that's going to be held in Royal County Down. This, if people haven't realised, is actually going to be hosted by the Rory McIlroy Foundation. Mm. So he's taking a real lead in getting all of his mates to, to play this, this year. amazing. Like, I mean... How how great is this getting? I was actually one of the guys I was playing with on Sunday. Um, one of the members of the club, Ronan Cavanagh, he had a great suggestion that the Irish Open and the Scottish Open should take alternate years, being the tournament the week before the British Open, and that the Irish Open should always be on a links course, and that way they each get a a year alternate rotating years to to lead into the British Open, and it would also it would give them the best chance to have absolutely stellar fields. Because you know players will be going over to try tune their links game up for the Open Championship. I can give you probably one very short word that starts with an F and ends with an F that the Scottish people would say about that idea. Uh, oh, it's because, a two-word thing, is it? Yeah, two well, it's phrase. hyphenated in the middle. Oh, right. um, but I think there's oh, absolutely yeah, zero yeah. chance that that would happen because I, the Scottish I, Open guys. But it's a good it's, idea. I liked the idea, but I think ultimately what, what his focus was that the Irish Open should be on the links golf course and. I tend to agree with them. You know, it, it's a it's a real character of Ireland, and it's, it's an extra angle to the sale of the event. You know, that's a links course. Uh, I know some pros aren't sold on links golf; they don't like the unpredictability of it. But as a fan watching it, I love to see it. And maybe it's because maybe obviously if you're watching it every week, it's not going to be as entertaining. But maybe it's because it's so rare that I cherish it so much. I think that's a good idea, but I think there's one major problem with that. Some of the great links golf courses in this country are so old that they're not able to hold yeah. the amount of spectators that are needed to make it viable. That's true. Which which does mean that the corporate sponsorship guys in their tents mm. aren't going down the 18th fairway, which is what they need. You know, so it does it it limits them in terms mm. of, and also, you know, a lot of golf courses, big big names don't want hundreds of thousand people trampling over yeah. you know what will be at the beginning of their season you just wonder how long the course you. takes to recover after after that I mean I guess a lot depends on the weather and how dry the ground is before but I'd say it takes I'd say it could be a good year before the course really recovers from it yeah and also the environmental problems like you know there's so many of those silly little snails down around Valley Bunyan <laughs> that you'd be afraid you know that they might yeah. be lost but look it's it's great that Sergio and Ernie are confirmed it confirms obviously Rory is playing Darren poor Carrington Ricky Fowler has also confirmed Lowry is confirmed Lee Westwood is confirmed Mick mm. O'Ellen and Graham McDowell. So, like, it's it's already a crackhead field. Phenomenal. And, I mean, it's just success breeds success. So, the more bigger, more big names that join it, the more get attracted to it again because there's, you know, there's higher world ranking points available. And, and you know, it's, it's it's great. I can't, I can't wait for it. I really can't. Um, one thing I saw today, I was on the Golf Channel website this morning, and it freaked me out. Ha- believe this, Happy Gilmore was is 19 years old. The movie. Is that all? <laughs> Can you, 
really, I was absolutely shocked that I was 19 years old. Yeah, but Barry, we're in our 30s. So. I know, I know, I know, but I'm still about 12 mentally, you know, so. Yeah, I'm not sure if people would agree with 12, but yeah, Maybe close ten, enough. 10 and a half, but um, yeah, I couldn't believe it, it kind of scared me, and it's still, for us, like, you know, it's such a seminal movie, love it, it's great, but uh it was uh, just an interesting tidbit that I saw. 19 years, yeah. It, well, if anybody else has any um, other golfing films that they love, um, I watched one over Christmas, actually, which is on Netflix, if anybody is uh, bored and wants to have, called The uh, the, the, the Short Game, mm. which was based on... Um, it's, it's, it's real life. It's a documentary about some of the youngest golfers in the world going to play in... Pinehurst number, Pinehurst two, isn't number it? Yeah. two, and it's well worth it's. It's about an hour and a half in length, but it's very interesting. It's just something for a Saturday afternoon when it's raining outside and <laughs> you you can't find anything on the TV. But if anybody has any ideas or any suggestions of good golfing films or documentaries that we haven't seen yeah. or should see, at podcast GTS and tweet them to us, and uh, we'll 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 get a look at them. Um. Moving on to last week's tournament and the RACV Ladies Masters of Royal Pines Cold Coast Australia, a nice part of the world to be in at the moment. Warm, warm coast, gold, gold coast, not cold. Gold. Did you say cold or gold? No, yeah. I thought I said the gold coast. Oh, I better get my hearing, che- hearing checked. Yeah, well. I'm in my 30s now, you know, things are starting to fail. Clearly. Yeah. Not just your ears. Um, but the English pair of, uh, Parker and Hull both missed out on victory at the Australian Ladies Masters. Parker finished with a 69 for a 4 under total, the same score as Hull, who had a share of the lead going into the final round on Sunday, but finished with a 73. South Korean-born Australian teenager So Ho won a seven, one on 7 under par, uh, which was only her second professional uh, start. So... Yeah, not, uh, not, not a bad, bad way to go. That'll work. <laughs> so they, they move on this week to the Australian Open. Um, so this is in Royal Melbourne. In Royal Melbourne. Yeah, this is a wonderful, wonderful golf course. We all know Bob, Bob absolutely loves this one. Yeah. So is it on TV? I wonder if it's on TV. I'm Probably. sure it'd have to show some of it somewhere. We'll try and get a look at it uh, this week. Um, uh, worse, both for I, the podcast I, and also just to see Royal Melbourne on yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Going the other side, then kind of going north of Australia into the True Thailand Classic at Black Mountain Golf Club in Thailand. It was won by Australian Andrew Dote, won his second European title after he pipped his countryman Scott Hain and local favourite Jahidi by one shot. He, with the overnight leader Hain, who started the final round with a one-stroke lead, Jahidi struggled on the greens as well as he did and... The Queensland man produced a bogey-free 67 to seal victory with a 16 under par 272. That doesn't all, at all sound scripted, James. No, not at all, <laughs> because I had to script this one because, because I saw absolutely none of it. Uh, hands up, and I didn't see anybody there. Just watched the quick highlights on the European Tour website. It's, I, it's a really difficult time of year to get into the European Tour and follow the European Tour when they just shoot out off to Asia and, and the golf happens straight at night and you don't get to watch the leaderboard, you don't see stuff happening on Twitter and you know all you see are these you know, 30 second clips or highlights coming through unless you you know record the show and watch it back, you know, record the European and 
you're not really going to do that for just a regular European tour event that you already <laughs> know what the standings are for the day. But with all due respect, it was a second rate Absolutely. group of, yeah, you know, it, it really is the second tier um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. players. Jimenez, however, I would like to point out, um, had an absolutely outrageous uh, eagle on the par four ninth hole on day one, which mm. was absolutely spectacular. Yeah, yeah. And not only was it spectacular and special, but his celebration was just something to behold. And um, I think I don't know if we've tweeted it, but if you haven't, Barry will tweet it later. Um, but it's just it's just real Jimenez moment, you know. He he basically stopped short of getting a uh, bottle of vino out of his bag and start smoking the cigar and drinking the <laughs> wine while dancing down the fairway. It's just, it's great to watch. It only is only about thirty seconds in length, but we'll we'll try and tweet it when we get uh, when we get a hold of the link. So look, and um, we're going to move fairly quickly on past the uh, True Thailand Classic because um, neither you nor I saw an awful lot of it. So. That is why it was scripted. However, what wasn't scripted was Brand Snedeker's resurgence and win for the first time in a year and a half over playing fairly mediocre and fairly poor golf over the last year and a half. Ended up storming to victory over the AT&T Pebble Beach National Pro-Am in California. He had a sensational one bogey through 72 holes to record a 22 under par victory, um, which I think is also a record, isn't that right? A record by three shots here for the tournament, so um, what a performance. It was just superb. From start to finish, he he really was in command. It was 64, 67, 67, 67 for a 265. He was three ahead of Nick Watney at 19 under, uh, Charlie... Belgian uh, at 18 under Dusty Johnson continued his good form this season and Jason Day at 17 under, Pat Perez 17 under, Jordan Spieth at 16 under and the ever insufferable uh, Jim Furyk at 16 under as well but let's talk about Brand Snedeker first um, he came out this week and said that one bogey through 72 holes is very unlike him he usually has many bogeys and many birdies but that it was nice that he knew now that he's in a position to go 72 holes, play the golf like mm-hmm. he did. It points in the right direction for a player who could have a real resurgence this season and uh, could be outside bets for, for majors and, and yeah. some of the big, big tournaments. He's back into the top 50 now, so he's into all the majors. and We all know he's uh, he's been in the final group in Augusta two times, I think, now. So he plays certainly plays well around there. I mean... I thought one of the highlights of his week, which was an unusual stat, was that he hit every green in regulation in the second round in Spyglass Hill, which is a pretty tough golf course. And uh, he kind of found it humorous that it was, you know, it was the first time he did it in his career, but it just shows you how well he's hitting the ball. Do you think when, when I did that on the PGA Tour PlayStation, um, PlayStation I got a, I got like a, a little trophy that said I hit all GURs. I wonder if he G- gets something, you know. G-R. Yeah, maybe a little ankle high trophy from the yeah, PGA Tour. Yeah. Or, uh, Congratulations, you got all greens in regulation. Or, you know, commemorative pitch mark repair or something. Um, it, it was just, it was a phenomenal performance. I mean, he hit eighty-two percent of his greens in regulation. He was in the top ten in strokes game putting. His driving accuracy was reasonably good for the week, but because the because the course is set up kind of easy with the, it, it being a pro-am it didn't affect him too much uh his scrambling was good for the week so in addition to him 
hitting loads of greens. When he didn't hit the greens, he scrambled. He got up and down 12 out of 13 times. So it was, if you look at those stats, there's only one winner of that tournament. So it really was a great performance. And it kind of, it shows, it shows, uh, it shows everybody that, you know, just go to Butch Harmon if you need your game fixed. We saw what he's done for Ricky Fowler last year with those, that amazing, you know, top five in every major. And Snedeker, uh, Snedeker's been with him now for a few months. I'm not exactly sure how long, but it just speaks volumes about Butch's remarkable ability to give his players more consistency while not altering the natural look and characteristics of the swings. It still looks like a Snedeker swing. But it's it's just got that kind of polished Butch Harmon solidness to it or solidity for Well he works he works with what the players have mm, and he mm. refines that to get the best out of it. Yeah. Um I wonder how much the check by Brand Snedeker is being sent to Butch Harmon this week because yeah, it doesn't much work on the basis of it doesn't tell you exactly how much it costs to get lessons. You just send a check at the end of the year based so on how you feel. How you, or, how you feel? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think, it, it might I think it'll be, be a nice check. I think it'll be a pretty juicy one for Butch. Um, the interesting thing, and in everybody who is about to start playing golf again this year and about to run out to their local golf shop probably should take heed of what Brand Snedeker had in his bag. He had a four-year-old driver, a two-year-old set of irons, and a nine-year-old putter. Mm-hmm. So um, possibly it's not the not necessarily all about the equipment uh, and more about the player that's using it. The Indian, not the, the arrows. Exactly. Yeah. Well, look, it, it certainly helps him. I mean, that to have the equipment fitted for him, and obviously he's got it fitted. You know, the the, the funny stat everybody's been tweeting is that the combined value of his putter and his driver is $34 on the, the PGA Tour second-hand club um, database. Uh, unfortunately, his shaft is a little bit more expensive than that. It's over a $300 shaft, um, not to mention the time and the expertise to get it custom-fitted for him. But, you know, what he what he said about it is uh, his clubs. He said, I like to keep the variables to a minimum so I know that it's me that's messing up and not the clubs. It works better that way. He said, until he finds a driver that goes longer and straighter than his tailor-made burner super fast, he will not change. Uh, it, he actually cracked the head on his previous one in 2012 and got a got a replacement for it. So he's stuck with the same one regardless. Well, he can get them for $34 on yeah, eBay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if, if anybody has them, uh, send them over towards him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. pay a little premium for them. So, I mean, it's kind of a... It's, could be something for people to consider rather than just going buying new clubs and hoping for an improvement from that maybe invest some money in a lesson or two and a little bit of well a lesson or two and i suppose there's a company and we're going out to them in a couple of weeks Mm. um, who specialize in taking your old set and looking at the lies and the loss and the shafts and and actually changing them not necessarily changing the head and seeing whether or not they can get you playing better with the equipment you have Mm. and what bits you know and it can be Big big change of cost difference by doing that than necessarily going and buying brand new gear. But we'll talk about that in a few weeks when we when we've been out to. Yeah, them. I'm really looking forward to that. They have a wonderful setup out there, and they, they're really passionate about the game. So it's uh, oh, it's going to be a great little piece with the guys there. The other guys that were kind of the runners and riders, Dustin Johnson. I saw he came tied six with Gretzky in the pro am as well. Um, I'd say that was just painful for everybody who was over there that week. But um, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, their early season form is is right there. You know, there's they yeah they've hit the ground running, and if they keep going with that kind of form, they have a real chance of of bagging the first major in seven weeks' time. Mm, there's a lot of a lot of short odds winners on the European Tour. Oh, sorry, the PGA Tour this year, and a lot of the big names are 
putting their putting their name in the hat for early season honours. Uh, I do want to talk. I want to talk a little bit more around the AT and T because there was a few other stories that were doing the rounds this week, and um, Jim Fiorek yet again um, has ended up suffering what seems to be just you know a curse that was put on him by the Indians in the Navajo uh, estate, but. Jim Fuhrer, since 2012, has led or shared the 54-hole lead on nine occasions, including at the AT&T over the weekend, and yet again, no wins. Not even close this week, he went way back down. Mm, the only highlight real Jim had was a shot from the cliffs, uh, I, think was a, I can't think it was the sixth, he was on the right of the cliffs, and he was literally hanging on the edge and played it back onto the fairway, I don't know. Poor Jimbo, it's, uh, that's, that's some serious mental scarring he's got going on. He certainly needs to sort something out. Um, he even said this week, the first time he's actually really acknowledged the fact that this is now becoming a bit of a problem, because he's quoted this week as saying, and I'll just read it out to you, that uh, after his latest failure, Fjörg has now admitted to how frustrating it is. So it's now getting into the psyche as well. Mm. which means that every time he's going to have a 54-hole lead over the next few months, he's going to be thinking number 9, number 10, Ten. number 11. So hopefully um, sooner, because he is one of the good guys at golf, so hopefully he will actually just get over the line um, and this record can be put to bed. Shane Lowry last week, we talked about his good form and his first um, uh, debut performance on the US PGA and he followed it up. He had a poor enough last round, but up until the last round, he had a very good performance. He did finish 21st. I think he was about 10th going into the last round and fell backwards. But he's now earned over $250,000 on the US tour. He needs about 700 they reckon, for him to be guaranteed a full tour card mm. for next year in America rather than kind of the limited exemptions that he's got at the yeah. moment. And with the with the four WGCs and the four majors, and obviously the players as well, there's nine more events, big money events, in which to just chomp up. Yeah, know, he's make he's, make big big inroads into he, that target. He's taking the next two weeks off. Um, he's no tournaments the next two weeks, and then he's off to the WGC for the first time. Mm. He has also been given a sponsor's invite to the Valero Texas Open, which will help him in the build up to the Masters. But it's um. You know, it was a good week, another good week. Uh, you know, it was also a good week uh, for him and his uh, playing partner because he had Dermot Desmond um, as his pro-am and I think he, they came in the... They stuck it around for the whole weekend, which I suppose kind of proves in pro-ams if you have a pro who's doing all right, the the amateur can hold on the co- coattails a bit. Getting the slipstream, yeah, yeah. No, it's... It's another great week from you know another week that he's acclimatized a little bit more to playing on the PGA Tour. So I mean, he seems like he's just taken to it like a duck to water. So uh, hopefully, hopefully a win over there this year might happen. That would be great. You know, it would be great for for Irish golf because as we say, it's another guy coming through the field of a long mm-hmm. line, and um, you know he's he's got a good guy to look at and Roy McIlroy and see what what can do be done. Looking forward then to next week, we have the Hero Indian Open um, in Delhi Golf Club, New Delhi in India. Maybe um, Peter Alice's advice, Tiger should uh, jump on a plane and head out to India to find his guru. But Barry, you've had a quick look at the 
type of golf course that they're playing on over in New Delhi and then we'll run through some of the players yep so this is newly co-sanctioned event so they've played on this course a number of times on the Asian tour right back for nearly 10 years now um it is a very tight little course uh, Shiv Kapoor um one of the an Indian pro lived like literally lived really close to the course and has grown up playing golf there and he was saying on the European Tour website, it's all about position off the tee uh, on this golf course. It's very tight. He said, you won't need the driver very much at all. Uh, it's a very short par 72. It's just a few yards over 7,000 yards. So for, for these for the pros, that's uh, it's very short indeed. So I can't, we couldn't really find much more information about it. I went onto the website of Delhi Golf Club, which, and it's, uh, they could do with a bit of an upgrade on that. It looks, it looks oh, about really? 10 years old. Yeah, not, not so hot. So, uh, maybe. Well, maybe the players that are out there it are, it's kind of a continuation of the second, um, second tier of, of the European tour. Mm. The really only big name is Miguel Angel Jimenez. He's at nine to one second favorite behind Lahari at seven to one. Your uh, Kapoor is twenty two to one, but mm. there really is a case of probably taking. It's a, a big mix of the European and Asian tours, so it's it's going to be a tough one to call this week. I think it's also uh, a huge field. You might get a. It's reasonably big, actually. Yeah, you might get a few. You might get a few local heroes. You know, guys who know the course really well and played it for years have great knowledge of the course. They get a really good vibe playing at home. You know, they get. The, the whole buzz of the European tour arriving in town and they could go very well and easily snatch it. It's a great opportunity for somebody to grab a tour card. Yeah, it's 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 one that I'm not going to be touching with a barge pole um, because it's really it's 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 pin in the in the dartboard kind of stuff. But we'll look stateside to the Northern Trust Open, which is taking place at the R- Riviera Golf and Country Club around California so they they stay around this kind of Californian swing at the moment where the mm. weather is nice we've got um, good names good names but Barry have you looked at the course is any anything kind of this is a this is a brilliant golf course I love this tournament uh, it's it's an animal of a golf course last year the scoring average was over par so it really attacked all kind of aspects of a player's game and the for putting this is an animal of course so this uh, let me get this right Riviera ranked inside the top four most difficult across all the ranges of putts from eight feet and in that are measured on the PGA Tour so it's uh, it's really really difficult to, to just get par here so you need to take advantage of the par fives on the course um, which is probably why Bubba Watson's eleven to one yeah yeah but yeah. well, the the you know. Before this golf course was never really known as something that could be overpowered. It was always, you know, you had to really be accurate and keep it in play. But um, the past couple of years, the longer hitters have kind of managed to marry the the power and the power and distance. I would say the distance and accuracy, and uh, brought it to great success with Bubba's win last year. So I mean, he's gone close there again a couple of weeks ago. He could be uh, and probably deserving these joint favourite for the tournament. Yeah, so the runners and riders for this one is Bubba Watson eleven to one, Dustin Johnson eleven to one, Jordan Spieth twelve to one, Jimmy Walker sixteen to one, Brant Snedeker after last week's victory is twenty five to one, Matsuyama twenty five to one, Sergio Garcia twenty five to one, Bill Haas, Jim Fuhrer twenty eight to one, and then kind of Harris English at thirty to one, and then kind of from there you've got your Nick Watneys and JB Holmes kind of moving out all the way. 
and it, it's it's a good field. Um, you know, there, there's some big names. If what you're saying last week, another kind of short odds winner of the uh, of of the tournament, mm. it certainly wouldn't be going too far into the into the list there. Uh, uh, you need to be, I think you need to be bringing a pretty solid game into this tournament. Um, it's going to be testing all parts of your game. I actually have a pick for this tournament this week. Oh, yeah. well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let everybody get a notepad and pen yeah. ready so that they don't bet on this person. But yeah, exactly, ahead. don't. Uh, well, no, based on the fact that you need some very good putting, I'm going to go with Nick Watney, who led the putting st- stats last week. Uh, he led in putts per greens in regulation and also led strokes gained putting. So he is 33-1, to 1, which is a little short for somebody who hasn't won in a while, but he's been playing quite well recently. His form is... Where is he? His form is... He's gone... Yeah, he's gone seventh and second, so... And he's at a... He had a 14th four weeks ago. Uh, he threw a missed cut in there now in the middle, but... Uh, it could be the week he, get, he goes on to grab a win following you know, a good form line. It does kind of annoy me, Barry, because I was actually going to say that Nick Watney could have been a player that... A thirty-three to one. If you wanted to kind of put a tenner on the head, it wouldn't be the worst. Probably. Um, I'm bet. sorry, but um, now you've ruined my. Don't ever listen to Barry because Barry gets a wrong comment. But yeah. anyway, sure, we'll let it away with this one. Um, so you look, we're we're probably both looking at Nick Watney. Um, so hopefully, I'll get in there before you and the odds don't go down. Anybody else? Anything of interest to note from anybody else there, or is Nick Watney your kind of? go-to guy this week no I haven't looked too in-depth at it but I just kind of put the pieces together for my research for the show and the, the putting from his putting from last week and then the requirement for good putting this week um, the other the, I suppose the only thing for the guys this week is that the top 50 in the world rankings after this week will lock up their spots for the WGC Cadillac Championship in two weeks which is I think it's when the season really starts to kind of kick off you know the, the, the first big big event of the year and um, we're also into March at that stage, and you, know, you can kind of feel springtime really kicking in, and our own golf season getting going here. Anyway, in the northern hemisphere, I guess. Yeah. So. Uh, and I think they'd move fairly soon to kind of South Africa and the European Tour, and then make li- their way back into into exactly. Europe yeah. soon enough. You're right on that. The South African swing is coming. It's a little easier for us to follow and watch the golf. Well, I suppose. Look, that that kind of wraps it up then. Um, we will see what happens over the course of the weekend, see how Nick Watney does, see if he brings a few quid into our bank balances. Um, I'm going to continue to watch probably more of the cricket than I am of the golf, but we will uh, we will try and mix between the two this week. Between all the, kind of like cousin sports, another game where you have to hit a ball with a weapon. Yeah, yeah, sorts. we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, on, that, on that bombshell, in the words of uh, a certain TV programme, we're going to say thank you very much, Barry, for your questionable insight over the course of the last 40-odd minutes. Thanks, James. Um, want to thank all the listeners for listening. We would ask that if you like the show, get in touch with us at Podcast GTS. Any comments, any views, any opinions. If you like the show, give us a rating on iTunes. We will talk to you again next week and enjoy the golf if you're playing it or watching it. Bye-bye, huh? Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.